Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Weekly Daily Podcast. My name is Chris, a.k.a. Necro Naminoms. And I'm Beck. Hi, Beck. Hi, Chris. How's your How's your day going? How's your week going? How's everything going? <laughs> it's been fine. Um, just spent most of my week just doing random stuff. Like, I spent most of this day going back home to visit family and just playing with cats, I guess. How about you? Uh, nothing as exciting. I, uh, I don't know. Most of my weeks, uh, amount to like trying to do various things that I need to do as well as like family matters to attend to. And then like trying to play games like once every now and again when I can. Yeah. Yeah. You're like living that family life where you just like, I got another thing to do because of my family and I take this person here. Like it's, it's responsibilities. Yeah. It's like, it's so hard. You have like a family life and then you're also supposed to take care of yourself and like exercise and eat well and get eight hours of sleep. And then somehow I'm supposed to also play games on top of that. And, uh, I'm lacking in all three areas, I think, somehow, <laughs> miraculously. Well, yeah, you, you, that, that, that's, the, uh, that's your lifestyle. You're, yeah. you're always lacking somewhere, all the time, your whole life. <laughs> yeah, that about sums it up. <laughs> oh, uh, enough of that. Uh, games, you been playing anything? Yeah, actually, we've both been playing games. Um um the first one would be Fortnite, strangely enough mm, yes um so we um me and you and our friends got into playing Fortnite because of the the no build uh event that was going on right that's Turned been to be less of an event now potentially yeah 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 we'll get into that um but first and foremost, how the no building works is it's literally just um, Fortnite no building. And you'd think, wow, the reason people play Fortnite is for the building. That was that was the initial reason to play it, because it's that battle royale. But, oh, hey, you can build cover at any moment. Well, that's great and all. It's actually awesome. But it got to the point where it created such a massive skill gap between the people who could do it and the people who couldn't do it as well. Because like, if you were trying to like snipe someone in an open area, they literally just built a whole castle in front of you in a matter of seconds. It was crazy. And if you weren't good at that, then you, you were not winning ever. Um, so that got pretty crazy. You almost never felt safe, even if you got like high up. Uh, at least that's how I felt. Um, so the, the no, no build mode, though, has made it so you just got to take advantage of the terrain that you have. If you're ever running out in the open, you are truly in the open. You could have vehicles to cover yourself, but that's always been the same. Those are still how they are. It's for me. I think it's been fun with some caveats. I don't know. How, how about you for, for Fortnite no build? Yeah, I definitely think that no build is better to me. I am always bad at these games. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm not good at these games. So having that extra skill barrier uh, it's just even worse because I'm already going against people that are better at me uh, with shooting. So to have someone that is better than me at like aiming and shooting and also better than me at like building is like, OK, I'm just I'm never going to play. I'm never going to be able to play the game. So it's yeah. definitely been uh, better. I do also see some minor nuisances with like not building that I wonder if they'll be able to clear up as they go. 
or if they'll make more changes to that or anything like that. Yeah, like there's sometimes where I like I'm I'm like trying to like break down a building or get to like a chest, and I'm like, well, I could just break the floor under the chest and get to it. But if there's building, I could have just built up to it, um, or just scaled the uh, mountain with building. And instead, if I can't get up a mountain, I just have to like walk around it. Yeah, exactly. There was one game I remember us playing where that was exactly the issue. We were in the last circle and going up against people. Um, and I remember like one of us being high up and I wasn't in a position where I could get there at all because there was only a zip line to get there. And I'm like, I can't get there. And I'm just watching my friends die and I just can't see anyone. There are pings going everywhere for like enemies and I see none of them because I am all the way down here. Yeah. And that's definitely um, something where it's like, well, if I could build, I would have been up there. Absolutely. It, it, it has, it's worth knowing. Like it's been a while since like we've played, like I, I played a lot whenever Fortnite first came out. I was pretty early to it and I haven't played for like years. And like, it's nice that I do have some like stuff that helps like with getting on top of things. I think there's like the sprint and jump and you can grab on the ledges. I don't think that was a thing originally that kind of right. helps you with scaling. Uh, one thing you said though, is we were playing against other people. Uh, yeah. We have frequently played against bots. Those first few matches where were just bot match after bot match, which we won those matches, but they were against bots. Uh, we won like eight in a row. And then eventually we we pl- tried to play a, like the next day and we immediately went up against like players like after going through a few bots, of course. But we were like playing as if we were going through bots. So we were kind of all like separated and then he just ran into a group of four players and they just murdered us all like one by one because we were like, oh, we can take bots. And then like I went off and just got murdered, murked by four people. Then our other friend did. Then you did like it's it's very awkward th- it's with the amount of bots there are. <laughs> right. It's definitely jarring. It really, uh, for example, in that game you're talking about, it literally felt like we were just like walking down a line of bots and like shooting them in the head. And then we turn a corner and there's someone just shooting us in the head like yeah which really is really out fine. of nowhere it would have been fine but like for us or at least for our play group like we were not sticking together we weren't like a group of four people roaming and moaning running down like bot after bot we were like all separated now if you're all separated if an actual real group of four people runs up on you they're gonna kill you right <laughs> and it just it just didn't play out that way so it kind of felt a little uncomfortable to stay grouped together i don't know why they were doing it maybe they just grouped together once it was like halfway through the match or whatever but it's weird i guess there's also bots that aren't counted towards the uh, total amount of players there's just bots that are in these like blimps they're they're, they're guards i think they're called i think those are just always there they, yeah they, they, they seem they to be kinda... more along the lines of npcs yeah, where where these bots that we were fighting against were just stand-in players, I think, just to fill lobbies, to fill skill gaps. Now, I did try to look around to see how how you get into these lobbies with more people, and it just came down to just, like, playing more. And one even said build more, and I was like, well, I can't build. Um, getting your level up uh, more, maybe the battle pass more, um, which it shouldn't be, be dependent, but just winning more. Uh, we even tried playing a few different days, and different, like we tried to playing in fours and threes, and sometimes we just have a bunch of bots, and other times it would just be oh players. Uh, it's very it feels kind of inconsistent. I don't know. 
But aside from that, with Fortnite is there is going to be a permanent build mode. It's called Zero Build Mode. It won't be the main mode, but it'll just be another mode for Epic, one of their main game game modes that you can pick from. And it, it will have a solo, duo, trio, and, and squad mode, which is just one, two, three, four. Um, so that's a permanent mode, just called Zero Build Mode. Yeah. I should note, uh, the reason, one of the main reasons we came back to it, aside from just the news that there was a no-build mode, was because... Uh, we are so starved for games that have four player teams that it was just like, we heard this news and we're like, well, let's try it. Yeah. For that was sure. the main yeah. reason. Like we did play, like I, I think I also played Fortnite kind of early. Cause if I recall correctly, I think you bought it for me. Yeah. I, this was whenever Fortnite came out. I can't remember. I bought it. I didn't buy it for the PVP. I bought it. Cause I really liked the idea of the PVE mode. It seemed really fun. Like this, kind of do a level and you can build however you want and do like a little horde mode and build out your base however you want, make it a tower defense kind of. Uh, that still exists. It was actually the core reason why I actually have a lot of the currency. Like I'll never play for a battle pass as long as I play this game. I just have so much of the paid currency from playing PvE. Uh, same for you. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's that's why you bought it for me because I was also interested in it too. Uh, I think you, I think it was like a thing where you could get two copies of it, right? It was, they were doing yeah. a sale or something. Yeah, it was, I think it was normally $40 and I just paid like 60 and I got an extra copy and then I got like something extra because I paid 60, but I was like, oh, I could just give this to a friend and I give it to you because I think we were doing like just two, two player games at the time. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. But since then we have moved on to four, like we went from three to four. And now we're just kind of struggling. Our one friend actually pointed out, why don't we just play PUBG? And I actually didn't have a reason. I was like, I don't know. Yeah, I it's really free don't now. Know. Yeah, like we play Apex because that's free. Uh, I actually just like Apex more than other shooters. It's probably my favorite shooter right now. I just enjoy that. The sliding and the different characters feels fun. I like the gunplay in it. So I don't know. Maybe PUBG is an option. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. that It's one that I feel like I remember someone mentioning at some point, and we just never followed up on it. But also, that was when I think it cost money. So that could yeah, have been probably. the original reason we were never playing it. But now it's free. So I don't know. How long has it been free? It's been... I don't know if it's been a year. It's probably been more like six to eight months, maybe. Like, it, it hasn't been... It's been sort of recent. Okay. I remember the announcement that it was going free. Uh, let me just look real quick. Uh, it was in the past three months. Oh, I'm wrong. It seems to be. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. I think it was mentioned at the Game Awards. Like, I think they announced it was going free at the Game Awards. Which was back oh. in, like, November, I think, or something like that. Oh. I definitely wasn't listening for it because I was not playing the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it for Fortnite. So if people were like, if you're one of those people who are like, I don't want to play Fortnite because it's full of children, it's still full of children. It's it's pretty okay without building, I will say. Like, building is a good reason to play the game, but also building does make it so a pro player had, who can shoot you well can also outbuild you well. So no building makes a little more 
fun, I guess, for our group at least. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd recommend like trying it. It's free. Yeah, I mean, it is just a different game. Yeah, it almost feels different. Um, we played one other game. We played just Act Natural. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, this this is a group based game. You can have up to eight players. It's like a it's it's free, or you can have one person pay for it, pay like seven dollars and just host it to everybody. But for the most part, it's just you're you're playing seven of you if you're playing with a group of eight are just trying to collect these gems on this map and you and you're trying to blend in with these other npcs while the eighth player is trying to snipe you from the sky uh and they get point they'll, they'll lose points if they kill an npc and they'll gain points if they kill a player and the player is permanently out for the match the matches are very short uh it's very similar to like like the assassin's creed pvp where where you're just trying to hide and stealth your way through things, I I would say. I don't know if you played that. I didn't play. I just heard about it. I have um, never. I knew Assassin's Creed had multiplayer a while back, and I never actually looked into it. It looked really cool. It just you're doing the same stuff, but you're just using your little stealth to like hide among crowds and look like an NPC. This is very similar, except it's you're you're not really like in. The, there is a mode where you're doing that, where you're all little NPCs on the ground and you're trying to assassinate each other uh, while picking up a currency. But the main mode is the one player is a sniper in the sky. Um, it's, it's quite simple. Uh, there's no more really to it. It's got this like hand sculpted art style. So everybody looks like these little clay people, things, objects. It's, it's kind of cute, kind of weird looking. I, I, I like it. It's fun party game. I will say it's like doesn't even feel overly competitive um, to like break up the monotony of it. You do, like as the little people on the ground, you do have little abilities you can use. One of them's like you can swap your how your character looks. Another one is you can make like a smoke screen. And there's a third one where you lay down like an invisible ice trap for the other players to like mess them up. And then for the shooter, you have an X-ray which lets you see through buildings. Uh, you have a, you have one that like eliminates twenty five percent of the NPCs from the map, so it's a little easier to pick out the player like running around and acting awkward. I don't remember what the third option was, but I feel like I didn't pick it. Oh, it lets you know how a person is how a person looks. Yeah, you get some aspect of their outfit. Yeah. I never used it. I just always used the reduced the amount of people by 25%. It's not instantly off cooldown either. Like you got to wait like a minute. I think the matches are like three minutes long, maybe. But you like, I know I've only had enough time to use it twice in a match before I the match was over. Yeah, I don't know. They don't give you like a timer for the exact cooldown, but you just kind of get a feel for it. Yeah, it was it was it was fun. I will say I'd recommend it. It's a really fun party game, and it's very accessible the way they do it, where it's just like one person can pay to host, and then everyone else can join in on that for free, which is a like very you, nice touch. Yeah, that is a nice touch, but like you don't even have to pay. Like everybody can just play for free. Like the main mode itself, the the non, the, just the free to play version, is perfectly fine. Like the pay, the paid version, I think there's two paid versions. I think one is the assassin mode, which is just currently like in a free rotation right now. And the other one, I think, is a. Don't quote me. I think it's like a racing mode. 
I'm not sure off the top of my head. That sounds hilarious. Let me look. Premium version. Yeah, Death Race. In Death Race, hider players must race each other to the finish line without being too eager and revealing themselves to the Seeker. So they're still a Seeker, but you're trying to run a circuit. Okay. Um, but also the paid version also has more maps on it. So maybe because our one friend was kind of hinting at that he might just do a paid version if we want to play that game more. He didn't already buy it. I thought he because he's just gung ho about buying stuff. That one. No, I don't think Steven should ever buy it because he'd have to host. (laughs) I just assumed that he bought it. I don't like if there's ever a question of someone (laughs) buying something then I just assume he's bought it. Yeah, we we were hinting at the fact of our other friend should host because he has, um, what's his internet? He's like gigabit, like he has a fiber, yeah. fiber, yeah. And we're just like it's easier for him to host. We can all connect to him better. He's got the better like everything for it. Uh, our other friend just lives far away from everybody, and it's just not good for him to host. It's a little would be some latency. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I had a lot of fun with it. It's definitely just a fun party game. Uh, Definitely just like very easy to play so you can get a lot of people into it uh, without them having to, you know, sit there, learn controls or anything like that. It's just a chill, like social deception type game. Hard. Like, it's not even like a friend, like group breaker, like um, uh, the imposter is sus. What is that game called? Uh, Among Us. Among Us, it's not even like Among Us, where like Among Us like hurt our like friend groups almost. Where that it was hurts just every like, friend group. Like lots yeah, of people hate that because any game where you have to argue stuff, it's always going to upset yeah. people because they're going to be like, "Why do you pick me for that? That doesn't make any sense." Because everyone yeah, thinks yeah, that yeah. they that other people think the way they think. I think yeah. so. It's just like you're always upset. Absolutely, and it just didn't doesn't work out. Uh, because you, you also have that one friend who's just a detective who's always just trying to just solve the whole thing. And that can almost... One like, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, and that's fine to have someone who's just trying to be a detective sometimes, but like every time. And then they just come off as being kind of annoying or imposters. I know someone, maybe someone listening is that guy or that girl or that person. And it's just like, I play that way. It's like, well, it's fine. It's perfectly fine, but it does get a little irritating and kind of... After a while, yeah. Um, it's just, sometimes it's fun to just play these games and just chill and not overthink it. Uh, this game does not have that. Like Sometimes it'll be like, oh, you have that one friend who's just kind of sneak around and maybe sabotage you, but that's kind of part of the game. Uh, like it, It's you versus whoever the current sniper is, and you're only the shooter. You're only the shooter for one round, and then it rotates to another random player. Um, and you, you only play so many rounds. Like I think at base it's like three. So if you have more than three players or four players or whatever... Um, there's a chance that oh, you won't even be the shooter, but I believe you, if, if if there's only enough rounds for each person to be the shooter once, then everybody will be the shooter at least once. It won't be like the same person as the shooter every time. Like potentially, like there's not a chance of it. I don't think. Like similar to how Among Us is, where the same person could be the imposter like every time. Right. Or never be the imposter. 
Yeah, yeah. that's that game. I, I recommend it. It's free. I think we recommended two free games for the games we've been playing. So, right. It's <laughs> always that's always good. Yeah, it doesn't cost you anything to give it a try. We can uh, talk about our stories today here. Um, first one is a bit of a odd duck. Um, there were some uh, major hacks that went on recently across a few major companies. Uh, they were uh, claimed to be by a group called Lapsus. Uh, I had never heard of this group before. Neither have I. But they hit some pretty major targets and affected them quite heavily. Uh, the companies affected included uh, Microsoft, NVIDIA, Samsung, Okta, and allegedly Ubisoft. Uh, and like I said, they hit them pretty hard. Everyone that I mentioned except for Ubisoft has indicated what was taken from them or what was affected. Uh, NVIDIA lost some GPU designs. They said that uh, many of their employees were hacked. Microsoft lost about 37 gigabytes worth of source code that was primarily related to like Cortana. Uh, Okta is a company that handles user authentication and data management for large corporations. That was a particularly hurtful one. Uh, they saw some of their information taken. Samsung lost about 190 gigabytes of data. Uh, it wasn't necessarily confirmed for the Ubisoft hack, but when Ubisoft announced that they had been involved in a cybersecurity incident, uh, Lapsus kind of gave a cheeky little sideways looky emoji at one of the stories that was posted. So there's uh, some speculation. speculation. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't really confirmed by Ubisoft or anyone else, but that was uh, our guess is that it was probably them. Uh, Ubisoft said that there were no... There was no data taken. It was just that they temporarily disrupted some game systems and services. So that's good, at least. It doesn't look like overall a lot of this really targeted any regular people's information. It doesn't look like people like you and me who might have, like, for example, a Ubisoft account or an NVIDIA account got any information taken from us. It looks like it more had to do specifically with the larger corporations, even the Okta who handles like data management and stuff. Uh, even they handle stuff for large corporations. So it's uh, assumed that that's who was affected. Lapsus also this one, this is what's kind of cheeky about this story to me. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff from the story just feels kind of like TV hacker stuff, you know? Um, they did stuff, they they taunted their victims a lot, so they would often post, like, screen caps of stolen information. They did that with Okta, for example. Uh, they also reportedly joined the Zoom calls of the breached companies whenever they were engaging in uh, security measures to counteract what happened to them. Uh, they were just taunting them directly in Zoom calls, according to some of the people involved. <laughs> uh, which again, just sounds like some TV hacker stuff that you hear about. Like just the hacker just like joins the call while they're talking. It's just like, we have your buddy, ha ha ha, or something like that. I'd like yeah, to play yeah. a game with you. 
it almost seems like not real. I, <laughs> it's crazy. Um, Bloomberg reported that there was some researchers who took up looking into the matter. Uh, they found that some of the hackers involved were teenagers. Uh, they noted one 16-year-old from somewhere in England and another potentially being from Brazil. Uh, the researchers actually noted that one of them was so skilled and so fast that they initially thought the cyber attacks they observed were automated. Again, TV show stuff. <laughs> like he's just like, like hitting the keyboard. <laughs> it's like, real. yeah, it's like, uh, it's not just one teenager. Like the other one is like, help me, help me. And then they just both start typing on the keyboard. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like movie hacking where they're like, oh, I can get in here. And they're literally just like, hitting random keys on the keyboard and it's like doing a million things they're not even touching their mouse it's like that's i don't think that's real <laughs> yeah um so since this story broke according to the bbc there have been seven arrests in the uk uh including that uh teenager i talked about from england who went by the name white or breach base uh this teenager has autism allegedly amassed $14 million. He was discovered after what had seemed to be a falling out with some business partners. Uh, they in turn doxed them on a website, uh, like a hacker website. Uh, all the other people involved that they caught were between the ages of 16 and 21, according to the BBC. That's crazy that they're so young. Yeah, $14 million. And this was in like cryptocurrency. Uh, cause it's like, you know, untraceable or whatever, or hard to trace. Yeah. Uh, but that's, it's just crazy. It's like, again, TV show stuff where you just find out that it's like a child who just had time on their hands. There were, yeah, there were interviews with the, um, parents where they were like, yeah, we're, we were trying to get them away from the computers. Um, <laughs> wanted them to touch some grass. <laughs> that's essentially what they were saying. Um, yeah, no, it's just such a far out story. Uh, it's worth noting that, uh, it doesn't seem like these people are the only people that were involved. Uh, there's some speculation that the, uh, hacking group Lapsus is based out of South Africa. So could be, uh, that these attacks will continue to happen. We don't know for sure, but this was like a pretty big takedown, uh, for some people that were directly involved in the incidents that I mentioned with the aforementioned companies. Yeah, I'm just like picturing like Ed from Cowboy Bebop just <laughs> up the computer and just going crazy. It's it's that little like computer nerd that can break into anything. Like I know, like growing up, I was like a computer nerd, and so were you, but not not this level. I yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's really funny because when I think about being good with computers, like a lot of people, when you tell them that, think that you're like, oh, so you're like a hacker. I'm like, I spent a lot of time building computers, fixing them like on the insides. I did a little bit of coding, but not like a lot. So that's what I mean when I say I'm good with computers. I've since I've had the money to I've only ever built my own computers. I've never bought like a pre-made one because I just prefer that. And that's the type of computer guy that I am. I'm not a hacker. <laughs> As I think most people are when they say they're good with computers. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, this is uh, sixteen through twenty-one. This is this is how like uh, animes and mangas go. Like it's always a young group of people doing crazy stuff. Yeah. Well, that's all about that. Okay. Uh, next up here, going from fun to not so fun, uh, talking about Moon Studios. Uh, Moon Studios, they are behind Ori and the Blind Forest. Uh, they had developers who came forward in some interviews with GamesBeat, and they were addressing the high turnover and in doing so called out a toxic work environment. This is really sad because like Orion Blind Force is such a beautiful game. It just always seems so like heartwarming to look at that game. I feel that so much. Like Orion Blind Forest is definitely one of my like top ten games. Uh I just enjoyed it so much. Like you said, the art style is beautiful. It feels like a heartwarming game. It has a lovely message in it. The story is just very uh like beautiful. Uh, I loved it so much, uh, which is what hurts about this, but uh, I will get into why I'm not as hurt later. Uh, But let's talk about exactly what's been going on here. Uh, At the heart of the allegations, the devs who came forward called out the company founders, Thomas Mahler and Jenny Coral. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, They founded moon studios in 2010 and they have been directly involved in the games that have been being made. Uh, they were being called out for harboring a, quote, oppressive atmosphere that tolerates casual sexism and racism. Um, there were a few examples. One prominent example uh, that they showed was like a screen cap of a work slack or a work meeting uh, via text. Uh, the chat shows Coral writing, quote, nobody cares what you think, really, followed by Mahler writing, sorry about this, LOL, you're retarded. Uh, the screen cap given only showed those two remarks, so it's not clear who that was directed to or if it was just between them, but it was visible to the entire company. This is sort of a pattern. Uh, another example Mahler joked in a text chat, quote, Tyler is the only person who is aware of my devious plans to kill the Jews by making them work to death through game development. For context, uh, the founders, one of them is Austrian and one of them is Jewish. Uh, So that's kind of some context and we'll get to that, why that's important. Uh, on the sexism side of things, founders allegedly felt free to make jokes about their penis sizes. And after one long meeting, Mahler said in chat, quote, I need a woman now. Uh, women have also noted that it was common for others to speak over them in meetings as well. Uh, as we remember in the riot situation, that was sort of a thing that happened often where women just got talked over a lot and they couldn't get a word in edgewise. They kind of try to justify the culture that they harbored, especially around stuff like, uh, you know, women getting spoken over or being criticized uh, or 
anyone being criticized, really. They claim to be a no-bullshit studio. Uh, one developer noted that, quote, they have a mentality where they think that they're not politically correct. They don't want to be censored. They don't want to be corporate. Uh, another one said the no-bullshit policy is for the two of them to be able to say whatever they want. And under the guise of, like, we're just all being honest. And if you can't handle it, maybe this isn't the place for you. You're too sensitive. That is a room to be an asshole or you say weird racist things. Exactly. Like, uh, even, like, amongst friends, friend groups, I guess you know when a joke is a joke, I, I guess. But yeah. you still shouldn't be, like sexist or uh, i i don't know how a work environment i've never really worked in these like work environments but you still shouldn't be sexist or an asshole well i think you even know uh, the way i i try to equivocate it because i think of things that we talk about where i don't think they're necessarily offensive but i can see how it might not be polite in public and i just think of things where like if we were heads of a company and we were just typing in slack right it probably wouldn't be great to in like a public slack where the entire company sees like make dead parrot jokes at each other. Right. Or like, yeah, you know, like we, make, we make like, the best examples. We make poor jokes against each other. That would come off really poorly. Like we both grew up very poor uh, with different circumstances. And if we were making those jokes at each other, like you said, de- dead parent jokes, like that would come off as terrible. Yeah. Someone might take it out of context. Uh, you just don't do it in uh, public like that. That's something where like after work, you're you're grabbing a beer or something. You know, the other person you're talking to uh, well enough that you're OK with doing that kind of stuff. Uh, that's not something you do during work hours in work chat for the entire company to see. Should be yeah. pretty obvious. Doesn't seem to be obvious to them. Uh, I want to talk about one of the main points of the story that they talked about uh jesus sorry uh so this is about their new game that they're working on uh it's codenamed forsaken uh one of the founders Mahler, said that he wanted to have the main character who he described as a sweet small town character be motivated to do badass things for the rest of the game the way that he wanted to justify this uh, is, I'm sorry, he wanted the character to have suffered from rape. Oh, no. That's... That's terrible. We don't have to get into detail, obviously, but yeah. that isn't something you use as a plot device. Like, you just don't... like that. That is a topic that, if you're trying to handle it in an artistic way has to be handled with the utmost of care and that is clearly not what was done here so obviously the developers involved pushed back one said quote what the fuck we were saying this is a terrible idea thomas said he wanted something edgy uh eventually he chose to shelve the idea the developer said it took weeks of arguments to get him to do that Uh, And that is also sort of a theme here uh, that the developers are calling out in the high turnover is that there were constantly bad ideas that they had to fight to get the founders to 
uh, back down from it. They had to constantly influence them, constantly argue with them until the, the founders uh, whittled away and were finally like, fine, we'll, we'll get rid of this idea. Uh, that was kind of the MO, and that's what a lot of people are calling out in addition to all this other harassment and stuff like that. So in their response, GamesBeat gave them a chance to respond, and they did. Uh, they wrote a pretty long response. Uh, a lot of it was like general denial of any problems at all. Uh, they effectively gave what was like a weird company mission statement. Uh, they touted both their global and cultural diversity as well as their two award-winning games. Uh, they also had this odd acknowledgement of some joking involving their heritage. Uh, they said, quote, Finally, we appreciate the irony that we, an Austrian and an Israeli Jew, started this multicultural enterprise. We have made jokes at our own expense about the differences in our backgrounds, and there may have been times that our teasing of each other has come off as insensitive and may have made others feel uncomfortable. Uh, reportedly, after Gainsby asked about the uh, aforementioned questionable scene in their new game, uh, Coral uh, directly addressed to the staff, effectively hand-waving their interpretation via the questions uh, as an attempt to unfairly paint the quote nuances of a creative process uh as a quote deeper bad thing going on and they called it unfair so i don't you have anything to say about this just um i don't even know how to read that like or, or understand what 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 they mean by that are are they just side waving, like trying to like go around the question? Was that the gist of that? They kind of see the the answer wasn't directly to uh, the interviewers. the The question was, or the uh, answer was to the staff. After the questions were asked, they basically said that uh, in relation to that scene we're talking about, that uh, clearly they didn't understand it. Uh, or the creative process involved, which is to say the process of thinking about how to write these things and coming up with the ideas and stuff and how uh, things move forward from there. That's basically what they were saying was they clearly don't understand the creative process. They don't understand how this stuff works, how we get from having an idea to the idea coming to fruition, which isn't what happened at all. It was just a bad idea from the start and that's it. Uh, it's pretty obvious. I mean, <laughs> the developers all knew it was a bad idea. It was very obvious to them, too. That's why they worked so hard to get them to drop it. Um, they also did acknowledge uh, to their workers that perhaps these, converse these uh, conversations, like ones about, you know, making fun of Jews and whatnot, uh, Jewish people, uh, they acknowledged that maybe they shouldn't have them in public, but they also kind of hand-waved it away. And there's another theme here, which is that in their weird no-bullshit policy, they seem to be really intent on making it so that their company culture isn't like corporate culture. Like, they're really concerned about going mainstream, mainstream corporate, almost like politically correct 
culture. Like that's their concern. It seems like they even right. said it as much whenever yeah. they were addressing the employees, they said, uh, while we don't want to go corporate, we acknowledge that perhaps this was a bad idea. And like, so, I, yeah, I get the need to like, not want to be corporate. Like you, I, I, I get it. But to like, what extent, like, I don't think like, that what we're talking about is corporate though. I think it's just common. Yeah. Like you don't talk about this in public. Like you don't go like yelling about Jewish people in public. Like you don't just say that out loud. Like you shouldn't be talking this stuff at all, but I guess theoretically there are like friend groups where this is a thing. Keep it to yourselves. I don't know, man, this, I am not condoning their behavior at all. Uh, but that's just not something you do in work chat. Absolutely. Like, uh, as your company gets bigger, I'm curious to how many of them actually worked on like Ori and the Blind Forest before, like they got like even bigger as a company, uh, as far as like a creative process goes. But like, as your company gets bigger, you're going to become more corporate. Therefore you need to incorporate more, uh, roles and regulations towards what you're saying. Like if you're just like a small two person team, yeah. So whatever you want to each other, as long as you're both cool with it. But the bigger you get, the more you just have to not say dumb shit. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that is it at the end of the day. Regardless of how you feel about them, this is just stuff where it's like you have to monitor what you say because that's just how society works. That's how we work. Just being outside in the world. It's just we all have lines and we just go to the 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 lowest line and just assume that that's what we're working with so that we don't hurt anyone <laughs> like in polite company. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty wild. It, there's a lot more to this, but that's sort of what I wanted to touch on. Uh, there's a whole article by VentureBeat that's sort of like an expose where they uh, communicated with different developers who had their own takes on it. They do a great job of outlining uh, the human side of things with the developers and how they, the mental toll that everything took. They talk a lot about uh, the crunch that happened at Moon Studios and why it happened, a lot of it being related to poor planning. Also, a lot of times having to deal with... Uh, you know, bad ideas from the founders that, like I said, would take weeks of arguing just to get it to uh, get them to back down. A lot of stuff like that. And I, I definitely think it's worth a read. I'll include a, a link to the article when we're done here in the description. It's definitely worth taking a look at. There are other stuff, other things they mentioned that uh, for one of the Ori games, I believe it was the first one, they had to basically work behind the founders' backs to just get it done, which is apparently something that happens more often than you would think, according to them. Yeah, I wonder how that worked. Like, and they, what they did they do behind their, their back to like get it done? Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine just just some of the basic dev work. I would assume they also noted that it sucks to do that kind of stuff because. Uh, the founders just go and take the credit for it. These are two award-winning games, like they said, uh, and they're beautiful games, and the founders essentially would take credit for it because they're like, we're the ones who 
made these ideas and made this studio, we made this game. Uh, so it sucks being on that side where it's really just you that gets it done uh, as like a team of developers just to have someone who is the lead act like they were the ones who came up with the ideas and took credit for it. Yeah, that's why I was saying like I, I truly wonder like how big the teams were whenever they made the first Ori and the second one. I assume it's only these two games that are like the award winning games that they have. Yeah, I don't know if they have any other games. They I've only seen mentioned the the Ori games. Uh, I don't know how big the team was when they started. I think they said there were around forty people now, so yeah. it would be around there. It's not a huge team, but it is big enough. It is. It it's sad. Like I like I said earlier, um, I love these games. I I've played the first one. I haven't gotten to the second one yet. I did buy it for the last big sale. Uh, I'm looking forward to playing it. Beautiful games, beautiful story, artwork, music, everything about it is lovely. It's made me cry, uh, smile. I've enjoyed the games, and it's it's hard. I, I'm mostly just sad to see that that's the state that the studio is in. Uh, my heart goes out to developers. Uh, I still love the games, and I still acknowledge that it was the developers that made the games. And I think that's one of the biggest takeaways when you're thinking about this kind of stuff is, well, the people in charge aren't the ones usually making the games. You'll have like lead designers sometimes that are involved in stuff or lead, you know, artists, whatever. But a lot of times you get these stories about, uh, uh, awful people at the top and it's okay to still enjoy the games, even if you're, for example, like with us with Blizzard, where we're just not paying them anymore. Uh, I still acknowledge that there are developers behind those games that make it work. That's why I can still say that I uh, love World of Warcraft, or I did love the Warcraft franchise. Um, yeah. This this is a case of separating the art from the artist type of thing. Yeah, and not even that because the artist is still fine. Like the artists are those developers who are apparently going through hell. Like, yeah. Um, it's more like separating some of the artists from the separating the record record label from the artists more like, or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's rough. It's rough. And I, like I said, my heart goes out to them. I hope that, uh, this, these issues will get fixed. I don't know how, uh, it doesn't seem like they're too keen on acknowledging their parts in it, so we'll see how that is going forward. Uh, I do recommend reading this Venture Beats article. Uh, it does a lot of uh, a very good job of outlining the the human tolls in this. Uh, it's worth reading. Uh, with that in mind, let's talk about some upcoming games before yeah. we head out here. So, uh, Beck, one that you talked yes. about. Uh, yeah, Coromon is coming out uh, Thursday, March 31st. Uh, this was a Next Fest game that I got a hold of. I, I mean, I did know to it prior to that because it's just one of those monster collecting games. Um, uh, this one's very close to Pokemon. It, it, it wants to almost emulate it in a few different ways. It's like it's got that great pixel art, same turn-based battling. It's got you know evolution the stereotypical mechanics that pokemon has except instead of a pokeball it's like a fidget spinner that they throw out um what i thought was cool about this game is that it's got 
a different difficulties built into it. So it's got like an easy, a normal, a hard, and a very hard. And the two harder difficulties, one would be like the equivalent of an Iron Man mode in Pokemon. And then the harder one would be like an uh, Iron Man, but with even more enforced roles. So like your Pokemon or your Coromon gets knocked out. It's gone for the rest of the game type of thing. Okay. Yeah, I, I fully would recommend getting a hold of this whenever it comes out. You can still download the demo right now and still play it um, a few, like two days before it's released. But I'm sure by the time people listen to this, the game will be out. I'm not sure. I'm sure the demo could still be played too. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't actually list a price for it, so I can't even give you a good price. But I think the game's cool. It's got its own version of Shinies. It's got like a... They do shiny as is like there's like a like a mid version of it like where it's, there's like a in between shiny and non shiny which is cool and it's actually stat uh, relevant where the shiny or the Coromon is the better it's like um like EVs IVs would be type of thing and another differentiating thing from Pokemon that I think is cool is as they level up you can allocate stats wherever you want to like you know HP attack defense stuff like that. Which is different than Pokemon. Pokemon doesn't have Pokemon's way of doing that is through like um, items, but that you, you still would get stats from battling anyways. It's the effort values. Um, you can kind of manipulate those a little bit. It's like um, items, and then the the natures, right? Yeah, that was in later games where they just made it so you could just outright um, change the nature. Right. Yeah. yeah, I remember you talking about this. Uh, if I had to guess the price, it would probably be like twenty or thirty. Yeah, uh, based on I, how I, it looks, I would definitely like if this game came out and it has like one of those early release like ten percent off. So like if it's twenty, um, it's like four bucks off or something. I would definitely get it. I probably will get it. Um, yeah, recommend it. All right. Um, yeah. So that comes out uh, Thursday, March 31st. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, all of these games come out Thursday, March 31st. Oh, oh they do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So everything else we say is coming out on Thursday, March 31st. So that's this Thursday. Uh, the second game is Pirates of Gravite. Gravite. Gravita. Yeah, they're trying to play off of like Gravitas. Like uh, a word. Yeah, it seems like uh, it's like a you're battling pirate ships, but they're yes. space pirate ships. Yes, but not in space. <laughs> Aerial pirate but, ships. Yeah, so like if you're picturing it, so think like a pirate ship, a pirate like a dock, but instead of like a traditional, like it's still a dock or a bay at like water, but picture like how we would shoot a rocket into space. It's a pirate ship standing straight up ninety degrees. And it just launches off the dock, and you're battling in the air above the water, but you're battling pirates, and it's still in like pirate clothes and stuff. It looks hilarious. It looks hilarious, and that's one of the reasons we're probably bringing it up is because it's very weird. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I haven't seen too much of the gameplay, but I feel like the gameplay I've seen kind of covers everything. I think if you just describe it as, okay, your ship just shoots up into the sky like a rocket, I feel like that kind of covers it. Oddly I, I would say, yeah, that's that's what I got from it. it... I feel yeah, like somehow just... you just know how the game plays after that. 
Yeah, if you like flying around and shooting, not in like first person, but like like not isometric, where you're just piloting this sh- this ship on an X Y Z axis. Yeah, third person, um, uh, flying around and shooting. I I think if that's your thing, try it. And if you like the whole pirate motif, like traditional looking pirates, not just like modern pirates or something or someone taking something like this is like a traditional pirate but flying space looking vessels that are still somehow old ye olden ships <laughs> right uh the other one uh here we got is weird west we had trouble with this one <laughs> we did we did looking into uh, it because it caught us off guard yeah, I guess I'll take a whack at it. Uh, yeah, give it a try. It's a Western isometric RPG. Uh, it's actiony, so thick, kind of like like a Diablo type of style, kind of where you're, you're like you're, you're up above your character and you're you're killing stuff and you're getting loot. But think of like the storytelling of like a like a Baldur's Gate per se. Um, when you look at the game, you think it's like a strategy game, but it's not <laughs> and we we think it's it's got similar like story te- story points and storytelling where it's like you are playing like one of the older fallouts where you're, you you got this like huge story where you can go out and do whatever you want but it's kind of diablo looking yeah when i saw screen caps and even some of the gameplay for the game i definitely was confused because at first i'm like okay this looks like uh like diablo like an arpg I was like, wait, this looks kind of like a CRPG, like Baldur's Gate. Uh, and then I'm like, wait, is this a tactics game? Uh, yeah. I think what we landed on is that, like you said, it's more of an ARPG like Diablo. It kind of feels twin sticky almost uh, yeah, when, I'm, like, when I'm looking at it. Yeah, a little more clunky almost. But yeah, it almost looks like like a twin stick shooter. Um, some people may not know what that is, but I think if you're holding a controller, you have your left stick and your right stick. You're moving with one and you're aiming with the other like uh, and. Uh, uh 360 like omnidirectional uh that's what it kind of looks like kind of this this game's just really hard to pinpoint yeah it's it's basically kind of diablo-esque but you're using guns and stuff and it's more uh like you can move the camera around that's one of the things it's not a fixed camera point you're moving the camera around so it almost plays similar to like a general shooter but it's isometric yeah, Diab- Diablo or a lot of those ARPGs, like it's it's fixed, fixed isometric. Yeah, and, exactly. And the and normally like hiding stuff or where characters are placed and enemies kind of get covered by like foliage and stuff because you can't move that camera to like see what's beyond what you can see. Pretty much, I I, don't know, I kind of worded that poorly, but this you can you can move the camera around and look. So maybe it's not exactly the same. Right. I'm I'm definitely gonna look into it when it releases on Thursday, March thirty first, like everything else. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe because, we'll try to mention it. Yeah, I just want to know more about it. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how it's gonna be story wise. It looks like it is trying to go for more more of a narrative thing. Uh, it has a motif of like westerns because it's called Weird West, but because it's called Weird West, there's also some like sort of alienish elements to it. Looks like they've incorporated some purple in there somehow so uh <laughs> it, it does describe itself as having like alien aspects to it i think uh i am going to be interested in seeing how the game actually plays more and uh what other people had to say about it 
uh, it, it caught my interest just because I'm usually able to figure out a game just by looking at it. And I feel like most people are, but it's really weird that it just caught us both off guard like that. Yeah. I, I never heard of this. Maybe we could hope it plays like wild, like the, like the, like plays are not plays, but it's kind of like as weird as like wild, wild West, the movie, like Will Smith. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, and that's all we're going to say about Will Smith, isn't it? And, uh, yeah. We'll leave it at an open handed slap of that and just stop there. Yeah. Okay, well, we couldn't get through this without saying talking about Will Smith, could we? I tried. I, you were the one who did it, so all your fault. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it for us today. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll be back next week with uh, more news. Thank you all for listening. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, if you'd like. And uh, until then, we will see you all later. Yeah, see you later. Bye, everyone. Bye.